You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric May, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at I Don't Have a Town. I'm all out. You guys are going to have to send me some more uh, and let me know where you are listening to us from, whether that's in the state of Wisconsin or not. I suppose I can get creative and say I'm at an ESPN affiliate outside the state, so make sure you send some more of those. Not joining me today will be my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank is out for the night, which means he's missing out on a great episode because things have gotten very, very exciting and very, very important as the Milwaukee Bucks Summer League team won a first-round matchup. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's actually happened. It's been years since they've done it, and they did it. They managed to win 83-75 in overtime 8-0 run in the two-minute overtime period, including (laughs) Sterling Brown calling game as he shot a pull-up three as they were up five with 10 seconds left. But still, he called the game as it was in the air, and it ended up going in. So uh, exciting stuff for the Bucs. And really, I I would say I, I actually do think it's kind of a big deal because that one prolongs how long summer league goes on and that means frank and i don't have to figure out what the heck we're going to talk about for a month or so before training camp and everything starts up but uh you know tonight was dante divincenzo's debut and he played 11 minutes he only played in the first half because they were going to control his minutes and make sure that he was going to be healthy and fine and you know they wanted to ease him back into it so i mean this is another opportunity to get to see Dante DiVincenzo on Saturday. And uh, the Bucks in the bracket move on to play the Philadelphia 76ers. That'll be 7.30 on Sunday. Or excuse me, 7.30 on Saturday um, in the second round of the Las Vegas Summer League Tournament. So uh, exciting stuff. And uh, like I said, I, I think the major reason is it's exciting is we get to see more of DiVincenzo. And uh didn't get to see much of him. I mean, 11 minutes tonight for him in the first half. Two steals, two assists, over three from the field. And I think it was pretty hard to know uh, a whole lot about him. Uh, obviously, only a half to kind of draw on. And, you know, he was trying to find his rhythm and figure out what it was. And I know I was texting with Frank earlier tonight, and he's like, oh, man, got a, got a lot of thoughts about Dante DiVincenzo and – Obviously, that was a joke, and as we talked about it, he's like, well, you know, you got to see him run around a little bit tonight, and yeah, I think that's that's about the extent of it. The The Bucks weren't running their offense exclusively through DiVincenzo. Uh, they weren't only running plays for DiVincenzo. It was literally just, you know, this first opportunity that you got to see him, and 
I don't know that you could really tell anything. Um, I when I was talking with Frank about it, I said I think the one thing that kind of surprised me was that his quickness kind of stood out to me. Uh, I was surprised at at just how quick he actually is, um, or at least appeared to be. And again, this is just summer league basketball, so so maybe it's not quick at all, but. Just watching him play, it did, you know, kind of look like he was moving from spot to spot pretty quickly. He does move around pretty well. And I thought defensively was kind of where that surprised me is he was he was pretty pesky on defense and he was able to stay with guys and I I thought he did a pretty good job fighting over some screens he obviously got caught on some but that'll happen to any young player and I just thought it was it was kind of nice to see that you know coming off a growing injury first time he's playing in in an NBA uniform even if it is an NBA summer league uniform first time he was playing in it I thought you know you could kind of see the that athleticism that we we're talking about that especially the quickness uh, there was no dunks or anything like that from DiVincenzo but there was a, a lot of movement and you kind of got to see uh, just how how quick he kind of looked to me and uh, again other people might not feel the same way but I just thought when he caught that that first shot that he took which ended up being a righty floater uh, underhand with one hand um you know, obviously you want to see him get all the way to the basket, but I just thought the explosion off that kind of handoff look, uh, in a way, sort of surprised me. I was not quite ready uh, to see him get to that spot that quickly, and uh, I just thought it was kind of exciting. So we'll see what more he can do. The only other thing I would say is that I do think watching him play, you can see that he has a pretty clear understanding of spacing, how it works. Should he be moving up the floor? Should he be moving down the floor? When does he need to find the corner? Um, when can he back cut? When can he try to, uh, you know, get behind a defender? Like, what should he be doing? And I think you got to see a little bit of that. And obviously, in a, in a situation like this, you're going to find yourself watching him more than you might be watching the other action. And in the first half, I found myself watching him almost primarily, um, or excuse me, almost exclusively. And as you watched him, I just thought he did have a pretty good feel, and that shouldn't be a huge surprise. That's obviously something the Bucks have been talking about quite a bit with him. That you know he has a good feel. He played for a good coach. He knows how all of this works, and he knows the spots to be on the floor. And he's going to be able to come from that system with Villanova, and you know just fit right in in this new Buck system where he needs to be able to move and he needs to be able to read the floor. And I thought you saw some of that, and I thought on that final assist you saw him catch under control he had his little spot there where he was able to hold the basketball or I shouldn't say hold the basketball but catch the basketball and you know have the threat of the shot dribble through and then kick out to the right corner to trice for a three and uh, pick up an assist there and it was just one of those and those kind of things where, you know, you, you see some of those things that they were talking about. Can I see all of the things that the Bucks were talking about? You know, the idea that he can play a little bit of point guard, the idea that he can defend point guards, uh, the idea that he's he's going to be able to just plug and play. Eh, no, not, not really, but it was just 11 minutes. So there's a lot more to see there. Uh, and luckily the Bucks won, so we'll kind of get a chance to see some of that on Saturday. So, uh with all that being said, I think that's probably about it for DiVincenzo.
one thing that Frank and I haven't really talked about with Summer League, and again, I, I know people, a couple people had this question to me before Summer League got going was, are you going to see what the Bucks are going to do offensively and defensively in Summer League? Are you going to have a good idea uh, of what their schemes are going to look like, what their strategy is going to look like? And I didn't think we'd really have a, a really good idea because one, these aren't their players. Um, or I shouldn't say they aren't their players. They, they have Bucks uniforms on, but these aren't their, their rosters. These aren't their guys. These, these aren't the guys that are going to be making up what coach Bud is doing next year. So you're going to see probably some different things than what they actually do in a game. Um, but even with that being said, I thought one thing that has become very evident in all of this is the Bucks are going to fill the corner, they're going to fill the wing, and they're going to be ready to shoot threes. I just think as you watch them play, um, and our friend on Twitter at all the Bucks, Dean Maniot, pointed out, you know, on that play where DiVincenzo gets that assist to Trice in the corner, what you saw was multiple Bucks players fill the corner in about a three to five second kind of span where that is a priority. That is something that they're going to be looking for. And this Bucks team is going to find a way to get those threes up. And uh, I just think when you watch the Bucks for the last couple of years, that wasn't always a priority. Like they, they would get guys to the corners and I'm not trying to say that they wouldn't, but they weren't hunting out those looks at the three point line. They weren't always actively thinking about the best things possible for spacing and, and how they were going to look like a modern basketball team. And uh, I thought throughout most of summer league, you've seen that. And again, that could be more indicative of the players that are out there. Like there's not a true center on the floor for the bucks uh, in any of these sets. And uh, you know, when you are looking at G league guys at fringe guys, they're probably going to be undersized and they're going to want to move to the three point line a little bit more. Um, And also maybe that's a way that they can prove themselves uh, in a smaller role and as a way to try to catch on with teams. But uh, I do think when you look through, kind of what they've been doing, you're, you're going to see some threes. And uh, I think if you're a Bucks fan, that should should give you a sigh of relief that, okay, maybe the Bucks are actually going to play modern basketball this this next upcoming season. And they have a lot of work to do. They're pretty far behind when it comes to uh, – when the, when it comes to playing modern basketball, when it comes to getting up a bunch of threes, they've been they've, the boat's been taken on water for the last couple of years. So they got to clear a bunch of that water out of the boat and then also get the boat moving forward. So uh, it'll be something to watch, but I do think that's one thing that you can see defensively. I don't think any of this really applies to what they're going to do. Uh, they've been pretty aggressive defensively, but I feel like that's. Uh, just a summer league kind of idea that you're going to be very aggressive defensively because a lot of the people handling the ball and trying to take care of the ball aren't really those people for teams. Um, They're just guys that are trying to figure it out or guys that are just doing it for uh, the week. So I I would say defensively, we haven't really learned anything about the Bucs. But offensively, I do think you're going to see this team really focus on, on getting themselves some threes and what they can do there. All right, other summer league thoughts, other things to think about. Uh, in the past couple podcasts, I've complained about DJ Wilson and him trying to attack off the dribble. It was still there some tonight, but for the most part, I thought you saw him at the three-point line 
and there was one possession in transition where he was running on the right wing out in front of the break, and instead of running down to the middle of the lane, which for him just isn't something he's ever going to really be good at. Like it, or I shouldn't say ever, but at this point, he's just not strong enough for that to be something good where, you know, he beats guys down the floor, gets post position and gets post up. Instead, he purposely slowed down a little bit, just hung out on the right wing and stepped into a three and hit it. And I just thought, you know, that's, that's kind of the DJ Wilson you want to see. And uh, he obviously had a couple other threes. And for me, when you think about DJ Wilson and what he can be, it's got to be something from the three point line. And, and I thought you got to see some of that tonight and uh that you just want to keep seeing that also i thought he had a couple nice passes to christian wood and christian wood was kind of just terrorizing everything and we'll talk about that in a second but uh i just thought it was a it was a good showing for dj wilson do i think he's 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 an nba contributor just yet no I do not. I do not think that. Um, but I, I do, you know, attempt. I, I do. I do think tonight was a good game for DJ. And, you know, you want to see him put together some things so that um, whether or not he's going to be uh, a great NBA player, at, at least he does get some things that help build up his confidence and, uh, you know, maybe help him grow a little bit in this upcoming year. Even if that means he doesn't grow into anything great, but he grows a little bit. So, um, okay, last thing with Summer League, I want to talk a little bit about Christian Wood. I keep getting the question on Twitter, and for good reason what are the Bucks doing with Christian Wood? Can they find a roster spot with him? What are they going to do? And I think he's he's in a really interesting spot because Christian Wood isn't, he isn't in his first year. He's been around. He's been in the NBA. Uh, He's, he's done some time in the G league. He's been around. And uh, I think if it came down to it and, you know, do the bucks want him? What do the bucks want? I would guess that the bucks would really like to sign him to a two way and would be happy to sign him to a two-way. And we've talked about, uh, you know, whether Munford or Plumley or whichever one you may want to get rid of to make room for him. I think the Bucks would do that at this point just because Wood is such, a, such an interesting player in that he's got that great length, he's got a little bit of handle, um, he's got those skills. You can just kind of watch him play and see that, yeah, he's he's got a little something special to him um, for a guy that size, that length. Um, he's got that athleticism. Two more poster dunks tonight. Like he, he's just a, a really solid player and someone that you'd want to take a chance on. But uh, as I've been reminding people with the Jabari Parker stuff, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but as I keep reminding people with the Jabari Parker stuff, there's two sides. There's two parties involved. So uh, with him, uh, with, with Christian Wood, when you think about what he wants, well, if the Bucks are offering a two-way right now, is that something that's exciting to him? Probably not. I can't imagine that that's what he's in it for right now. I would assume that he's in it for an NBA contract, and the Bucks can find some ways to get there. Uh, they have a couple non-guaranteed deals that they can let lapse or uh, release guys or, or, or whatever they might want to try to get him into that spot. But um, I do think... Would it be, uh, would it be exactly what they want to do at this point? Probably not. Um, should it be? Maybe. Uh, he he's uh, to me he's just a really interesting player. But I think where it gets 
difficult with Wood is that he's interesting. He's intriguing. There is possibly something more to him. Um, you know, if he you know, is able to develop correctly, if he's, if his abilities are fostered in the right way, like there could be something more there, but at the same time, he, he is a tweener in some ways. He is someone that, uh, you know, isn't, he's, he's in a center and he's probably a power forward, but, uh, we've talked about it all summer about the, the bucks and their depth at the power forward position. And I don't know. I, I just think with wood, you think about how he's been used in the past, his journey thus far, the things that are at times concerning about him. And I would think you'd have to wonder if all of this comes to fruition. Say you do open up a spot for him on your roster. Um, he does take one of your 15 contracts. And he's your third center, your fourth center, your third or fourth power forward. Like he is legitimately that 15th guy. How well does he grow? How much better does he get? Do some of those issues that he's had in the past with, uh, with motor, with always going hard, with always giving great effort, with always having a great attitude, do some of those things pop up if he doesn't get a chance and and I think that's that's kind of the tough thing to figure out but um, it'll be interesting to see because I think the Bucks could do uh, you know some of the they, they could get interesting with the contract that you know gets guaranteed for a certain amount of time but not uh, a couple of years like just to certain dates and find a way to get him into your training camp and uh, obviously the Bucks I mean did that last year they had six guys in training camp that they were attempting to figure out who was going to, uh, you know, get to come along and who was going to be on the actual roster once the season started. So they are no stranger to it. And as opposed to last year where it was some veterans that, you know, you're trying to figure out which one might work. This is a younger guy. So I think that could be really interesting and uh, we'll see, Again, what Wood is interested in. Um, I know someone tweeted at him about uh, got to get him a contract or something, and he put the the prayer hands emojis uh, right as a quote tweet to it. So, you know, I would assume he's interested in doing this, but at the same time, what does he want? So it, it, it's a it's a weird – I shouldn't say it's a weird spot, but it, it is a difficult spot because – he has to decide what's best for him, and, and the Bucks have to decide how how hard they want to pursue him. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Other than that, in the summer league, I don't really have any other big thoughts. When you think through some of the other things that have happened today, um, just some other stuff I, I kind of wanted to catch up on. Uh, Jabari Parker, near the end of the Bucks summer league game, uh, put on his Instagram page that he was going to be in at a certain address. Uh, the address was in Bayview. I don't remember what it was, um, but I, I know the park uh, right by the dog park in Bayview, and he is put a snap out of himself, or I shouldn't say a snap, uh, he put an Instagram post out that he was there, come through, and uh, my timeline as I look at it now is littered with Bucks fans that did that and took pictures with him, uh, and uh, I think it'll 
it is kind of funny. I'm, I'm actually watching the video right now that uh, it looks like CBS 58 got, and he, he's just out there playing playing basketball with random kids and uh, random people that came through and played uh, and, and wanted to hang out and play with them. So um, it just – I think maybe adds another layer of intrigue to all of this. Uh, but I don't know if it tells you anything other than, well, Jabari's around and he's hanging out and he's trying to figure out what's next for him. And something from today that makes that all a little bit more interesting is the fact that the Chicago Bulls decided to uh, rescind their qualifying offer on their wing player, David Nwaba and, thus you know get rid of his cap hold which opens up a little bit of space and uh there was a a report from kevin o'connor at the ringer uh, who said that he had heard some things about kind of what they were planning with that space and what they were thinking about uh, doing with that space and he had said that it's an intriguing move by the Bulls to rescind Dave Nwaba. I've heard their plan is to free space to absorb money, in parentheses like Freed or Dang, then resign Nwaba using the room mid-level exception. Uh, they can create up to $20.6 million. And then he ends that thought by saying, but I wonder if they could first try to sign a restricted free agent, in parentheses, like Jabari Parker. And uh, I would say... Some things first. Bucks fans have been sending me that tweet ever since it went out, and I just wanted to be clear that that is not a report. The first part of it is a report. I've heard their plan is. The last sentence is, but I wonder if they could first try to sign a restricted free agent like Jabari Parker. That part is not a report. That is just Kevin O'Connor wondering if that is something they can do. And I will say my mind went to the exact same spot uh, when they rescinded Nwaba. In my mind, I thought, okay, could they now make a play for Jabari? And obviously they would have the space there if that is something that they're interested in. It would just have to, obviously, you know, probably it has to be an offer uh, that would interest Jabari Parker that uh, in restricted free agency you have to offer for three years uh, so it would have to be substantial it would have to be something that they were really interested in doing and that would thus tie up some of their cap space for years to come obviously they've already tied up some of it with Zach Levine so they would have to figure out um, you know exactly how much of that money they'd be willing to allocate to Jabari Parker and if Jabari Parker is the guy that they want to take up that space for the coming coming couple of years and i think we're in a spot where we are literally just waiting um for someone else to to make a move we we have to have someone make a move before we can report anything uh to you because at this point it's all parties just kind of looking at each other and figuring out what's next who's going to do what, who's interested in whom, and it, it'll continue to do this until something sparks it, right? Like something has to happen, and, and there's really no telling what it will be. Um, there's just going to be a bunch of speculation, and uh, that's, that's pretty much 
all we have to look at right now with Jabari. And um, I just don't know that that changes anytime soon. And we'll see. Maybe maybe this is the the start of another uh, another team opening up space to make a run at him or you know, also maybe they're thinking about a way to eat the Carmelo Anthony contract and take some assets along with that. We don't know, but it is another thing that uh, you can think about and and try to figure out exactly what's going on. And you're going to try to figure it out and you'll have no idea by the end of it. Uh, Speaking of Jabari Parker, Mike Boonholzer joined Adrian Wojnarowski on the Woj pod on, uh, I'm trying to think what day it was, sometime this week, and we haven't talked about it yet, but I thought as I listened to that podcast, there was a mention of a number of the different players on the Bucks. Uh, no mention of Jabari Parker, that led to some freak out uh, among Bucks fans that how dare he do a podcast and not mention Jabari. And then that led to some others saying, well, he's a restricted free agent. You don't know if you're going to have him back. So it's probably best not to uh, mention him or maybe that could be used for leverage or whatever it may be. So all of that happened. Jabari Parker was not mentioned and everyone sort of freaked out because that's, like I said, there's nothing, there, there's no news. There, there's nothing out there until some team makes a move and then we can report something that happens. So at this moment, you have to kind of grasp at straws. And I think that was largely what the Woj pod was all about. I think as you listen to it, if there's going to be tea leave reading and uh, if you are going to try to look and dig for deeper meaning, I thought the one spot that was sort of interesting was when Mike Boonholzer talked about, or I guess Adrian Wojnarowski asked Mike Boonholzer, you know, how do you motivate players? Do you see that as something that you can actually do as an NBA coach? That's something that NBA coaches um, need to do is be able to motivate players. And he talked about, you know, having self starters and having guys that, you know, can kind of just make a lot of the decisions on the floor, don't need someone uh, to get them going. And uh, to me, obviously there was, there's what we've talked about with Jabari Parker with that playoff series where games one and two, he didn't get to play as much as he wanted. And then there was some problems with him not playing as hard as he needed to. Um, To me, that was a quote that, that stuck out and might say something about Jabari Parker, but at the same time, it might not say anything about Jabari Parker because Mike Budenholzer doesn't really know him all that well because he's never coached him before. So we're at a spot where every day we're going to sit here and attempt to figure out how to talk about the Jabari Parker situation because it's going to continue going. We've we've now made it through another week without anything happening. Uh, we are uh, now two weeks into free agency, and there has not been a word, really. Uh, I'm trying to think the the most we've heard about Jabari Parker is the Kings are interested. We heard that a little bit before restricted free ag- or a little bit before free agency. Uh, now there's been a report that the Kings aren't interested. Uh, we've heard that we've heard that a bunch of teams are interested. We've heard that no teams are interested. We don't really know anything, so we'll just keep watching it and and keep updating you, and we'll try to figure out exactly how all of this will end up going down. All right, I think 
I think that's about it for me for tonight. Uh, I do not enjoy uh, doing the solo podcast, uh, but I, I especially do not enjoy the solo podcast when there's very little going on uh, in NBA free agency. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Thanks for hopefully listening through all of this and Hopefully I I haven't made all of this too painful for you. As I said, we will keep watching. We'll see if there's anything going on, and we will talk to you again about it if there is. Bucks play Summer League Basketball again on Saturday night, so I know at least on, on Sunday for Monday we'll have something to talk about there, but who knows? Maybe there'll be other stuff. Maybe there won't be anything. You just have to wait and find out. All of that and much more, including our good friend and the founder of brewhoop.com, Frank. Man, for now, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you on Monday.